Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Be sure to give us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. What is up, my friends? How are we? I hope you are having a lovely Sunday, a nice relaxing one, hopefully. The only good thing about, I guess, us having a 12.30 start yesterday was we got to sit back and watch the rest of the weekend's football unfold. And surprise, surprise, Manchester United aren't very good. Chelsea still flattering to deceive. And... I'm loving it right now. I won't lie. I'm really, really, really enjoying the start of the Premier League. But of course I would. We've got 13 points from 15. So the question that I want to ask everybody quite simply is, are we in a title race? By the way, the answer is yes. We are in a title race. We absolutely are in a title race. So, we good? Did we, uh, did we have a nice Saturday evening? We've plenty to get through on tonight's show. Don't worry. I'll be uh, asking you guys for your opinion on not just Liverpool stuff tonight. We're going to have a look at the Premier League in general. Uh, Mark said, good evening all. Please like and subscribe and share. Yes, please do. Just recorded another video, by the way, for Top of the League. So make sure you go across and sub to that channel as well. We've already hit... One, oh no, I was going to say 1,000, 13,000 subscribers over on top of the league. So if you haven't subscribed, please do. There's now, I think, four videos that we've put out over the past few days on there. And of course, the first watch along is going to be coming up on Wednesday for Bayern Munich, Manchester United. Josh Brayshaw, thank you, sir, for joining Anfield Agenda FC. Much appreciated. Um, look, I watched the games today and Arsenal again... I thought they were okay. Uh, you know, they got the job done, and that's the most important thing. If you're an Arsenal fan, a win is a win is a win. And I'm not here to rain in the parade. I'd be the very same. Liverpool win ugly. I don't care as long as we win. But there's nothing in that Arsenal team that really scares me. And Manchester City, yes, they got themselves another win, and they're five wins from five. And me saying that I think they don't look as good as their former selves probably sounds a little bit foolish when they've had a perfect start. But again, they don't fear me. I don't fear them. They definitely don't fear me. I don't fear them. Um, So I think we should be thinking title race. And yeah, I'm sure you probably think I'm deluded. And yes, I'm sure you think that Liverpool have gotten away with it a bit at the start of this season. But I would argue that that's kind of what you need. We've had slow starts before and had to make up a lot of points and we've nearly done it on a few occasions, but it's nice to get off to a good start. And right now, Liverpool are in third place in the Premier League on goal difference, I think, behind Spurs with Arsenal tied with us on 13 points. Can we laugh at Chelsea and United to the heart of football? 13th and 14th. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And the video that I recorded tonight, actually, for top of the league was, was about Chelsea. It was... Is Pochettino under pressure? That was basically the angle I was going with on the video. Uh, Christopher Victor said, This year should be interesting. 
It should, because I think it's going to have a far more competitive title race than we've seen in previous seasons. You know, especially the fact that there could honestly be three teams going for it this year, where title races in recent memories have tended to be us and Manchester City or Arsenal last season and Manchester City, but never really a collection of teams who are capable of it. And right now, you would have to say Spurs are grinding out results and getting some good comeback wins. Liverpool have rolled their looks at times, but still have 13 points from 15. And Arsenal and Manchester City, again, have had good starts. So, yeah, it looks like it's setting up for a competitive season. Chris, thank you very much for your super sticker, mate, saying keep it up. I really appreciate it. Um, touch you with the missus there for a minute when you were saying keep it up, but um, yeah, chance of be a fine thing. Uh, anyway, thank you, Chris. Uh, Wouter Mace said, I think by Chechich will be Trent, uh, Trent's cover inverted. Could be, especially if we stick to a, a flat back four on occasion. Um, you could have a, a double pivot in midfield and maybe just one more attacker ahead. It was interesting yesterday, and I touched on this when I was doing the members only video, the breakdown of, of yesterday's game. I think... The changes made by Jurgen Klopp are what won that game yesterday. Both the substitution at halftime of bringing on Diaz and then, of course, I think it was 56 minutes when Darwin and Elliot came on. It was those changes that won us the game, in my opinion, because it gave us, it gave us more options, more movement and more of an attacking threat. But yes, I love, I love Bajcetic. And do you know what's confused me? I've got to be honest. I'm a little bit confused by the team selection yesterday. So... We all know that Alexis McAllister was playing... Was it Bolivia they played against with Argentina? Where, they, you know, they had to have oxygen and stuff because it was such high altitude. And I'm a little bit surprised that rather than put in either by Cecic or Endo into the number six position, that he chose to go to Alexis McAllister. It's not like Alexis is a natural number six. And if you add into that all the travelling and fatigue, it was a bit surprising, to be honest. You know, if you look at Endo as an example... He had two games in Europe with Japan. I think they beat Germany and Turkey, if my memory's right. So, yeah, I was a little bit surprised at that. I wasn't surprised to see the fatigue from Alexis McAllister, and I'm certainly not going to hold it against them. There definitely are extenuating circumstances to his performance yesterday. Uh, Joe McDougall, you big dirty legend, you. Gifting 10 Anfield Agenda memberships. Joe doing God's work. Well played, Joe. They've gone to Graham, to Nevermore, to the Irish King. Hang on a minute, that's mine. How dare you, sir? The other Irish King I'll allow. Uh, Ryan White, to Liver Legends, to Darwizzi Lover, to Humello, to Liverpool FC The Goat, to Dale Coleman, and to Craig Eaton. Thank you very much, Joe, for that. You're very kind. W, Joe, absolutely. Joe doing bits in the chat. Uh, you're a very good YouTuber, Sid McHale. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your support. Um, yeah, look, I, I've this this season. I just I don't want to be outward looking, you know, because I keep getting compared to other people. You know, you're either a Poundland this or you're a blah blah that. I don't really want to look at other people anymore. I just want to focus on what we do on top of the league and Anfield agenda and enjoy myself and. I'm going to try my best not to be that sarky asshole at times this season. It won't always work, but I'll try my best. But thank you, Mikhail, anyway. What should Chelsea do? It's a difficult one because they've spent, I'm sure you're aware of this, in excess of a billion quid. Uh, but they have only won six games. Six games in all competitions in this calendar year, in 2023. 
This is the second lowest points total that Chelsea have had in the Premier League era. I think Jose Mourinho with four points from five games was was the worst start than this. But I think this start from Poch, and I think there's one more manager with a similar record, is the second worst start after five games. So normally you would say the owner will have to be patient and with that many new signings and a new manager that they'll need time to gel. But nothing about Todd Bowley strikes me as patient. So I'm interested to see how long before Pochettino really does come under pressure. And just before I came on, I was sent something to say that they're actually looking at Nagelsmann as a potential replacement if they should sack Poch. It's from the outside, Chelsea look like a laughing stock at the minute. And a little part of me feels like they're getting what they deserve because the way they acted in that transfer market was, it was just, it was like a child who'd never heard no from its parents. It was very weird. And then their players, some of their fans were turning on Ben Chilwell today after the game as well. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, look, I love it. By the way, I love that Manchester United and Chelsea are languishing down in 13th and 14th place. But, if I'm being really honest, the shithouse in me feels United should be in an even worse position because they were gifted that lack of a penalty against them when Onana came out and cleared out one of the players and they decided not to give a penalty. So United could maybe should be in an even worse position than they're in now. Uh, Craig, you make my day. If I have COVID, you make me feel better. Well, I'm sorry if you have COVID, mate. I hope you are feeling better. Um, yeah, look, all I can say to any lovely compliment like that is it works two ways and you guys make my days better as well. Um, so, yeah. Now, you know what? I'm actually buzzing now because now I get to be extra greedy and not only do I get to chat with you guys on Anfield Agenda, but of course now we're going to get to do stuff together on top of the league as well. So... To, to the people that have already subscribed to our new channel, thank you so much. To see it get up to 13,000 so quickly means a lot. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm I'm chasing that second YouTube silver play button. Because you always ask yourself, was Anfield Agenda a fluke? Did I get lucky? Now, I couldn't have put myself in with a better team in Ben and Connor to try and start a second channel. And I read the comments and I see the smart arse people saying Craig will give up on this channel by January. You don't know me very well, if you know that's the case. And yes, Mundo Sporta was up and down, but the reason Mundo Sporta didn't work out was actually nothing to do with me. It was to do with somebody else taking it over and then just throwing it away. So I'm determined. I want that second silver play button and I'm going to do my best and work my hardest to try and make people happy and try and make enjoyable content. If you want to come across and subscribe with us, then all you have to do is scan that QR code that I've just put up on the screen there now, or you can go into the link of this video or description of this stream and you'll see a link there to join us in TOTL. Right, Queen Nadra, how are we? Said, let's not celebrate early because the Premier League is very tricky. Let's just take it one game at a time. Arsenal had a good run last year and it turned out they bottled it. Yeah, but football fans are meant to get carried away, Queen Nadra. And where's the fun if we can't be delusional? Now, you're right, we should be pulling everybody else up under delusion, but inside, internally, in our little Liverpool bubble, we should be happy. We should be. It's been a good start. And I know I keep bringing this back up, Queen Nadra, but if I go back to the Newcastle game at 70 minutes, and I sat here and I remember thinking four points from nine is not good enough and it 
turned around to 7 from 9, which is 10 from 12, which is 13 from 15. And our fixtures, our next six fixtures, there's some winnable games in there. So actually on that, let's have a look at the next six fixtures for the Reds. So we've got last glints coming up in the Europa League, obviously on Thursday away from home. Then it's West Ham next Sunday, 2 p.m. kickoff in the Premier League. Leicester City in the League Cup. Spurs away in the Premier League. That is going to be a belter of a game. Ange Postecoglou's had a great start as Spurs manager. And I want us to go there and beat them. I want us to go there and lay down a marker. So I'm very, very excited for that. Then we've got Union Sangolis in the Europa League. And then a very tricky game away against Brighton. So of those, what have we got? Three Premier League games. I hope we can take at least seven points. And it's not going to be an easy task. Spurs away and Brighton away are not easy games. But if we really do want to be title contenders and get carried away, I think seven points from nine is, is the kind of numbers we should be looking from from those fixtures. Uh, Craig starting 11 for the Thursday game. Too early, Saeed, yet to, to go with one, my friend. I will probably put out a preview video on Tuesday for that one, buddy. Good luck, mate. Got to get there. It's 1am here in India. Thank you, buddy, and uh, appreciate you tuning in, and I hope you uh, I hope you have a good one. Goal play button. I don't think we'll ever see a goal play button, Keegan. Never say never, but certainly not in my vision. You know, goals for Anfield Agenda is most subscribed to Liverpool Fan Channel. That's the goal, and we're not there, and we're a good way off, so just got to keep grinding it out. Jake said, hey, Craig, keep up the good work, buddy. Helps so many in dark times like myself. Thank you. And I think I've said this to you before, but one of my favourite parts that I've done with this channel so far has been after the live show, when I got to chat with people and I got to chat with real people who watch the channel, who've travelled to, you know, go to the show and just hear their own stories about how they came to watch it. There was one guy who was there, and I'll never, ever, ever forget this as long as I live. His younger brother passed away and... The guy that was at the show was a United fan. And he said to me, I came because my brother passed away. And when he was in the hospital sick, we sat there together and watched your streams. And I felt like I wanted to come to pay respects to my brother. And I mean, as you can probably tell, I was pretty moved by that because that's a very deep thing to hear from somebody. And it really hit home to me then what this is all about for, for me, for hopefully you guys as well. It, it does improve my life, not just financially, it improves my life in every aspect. And to hear you guys say some lovely things like that, it just means the world. Uh, Colin, how are we, dude? I said, hey, cutie. I'm here, buddy, I'm here. He said, I was scared of teams going into this season, but watching every team, yes, I may be biased, but Liverpool is showing uh, the only fight. Well, look, Spurs are showing some fight as well. Let's give credit where it's due. That late comeback and victory over Sheffield United with the, was it 17-minute stoppage time or something? The referees are getting away with themselves. They're losing the plot altogether. Have you seen um, Paul Heckenbottom's comments where he... Uh, sorry, I'm distracted by something. He was speaking about referees and the influence that referees are having on, on the sport. And I was so relieved to hear him say it. Because I'm sick to my teeth of the influence that referees have. They're there to officiate a game. Not to be the major talking point around every game. VAR was brought in to remove the elements of doubt. And those, 
you know, conversations that we all had about was it off, was it on, was this a red, was it... And all it's done is increase it, give the TV companies new TV segments. And these referees, they just have way too much influence on the outcome of a football game. There's too much subjectivity left in their hands for my liking. So I agree fully with Sheffield United's manager. And I do hope that the authorities step up and do something about it. Because... You can't just put your finger in your ears and say, oh, this club's fans are biased or they're just salty. It's everybody, every set of fans right now, Liverpool fans, United fans, Arsenal fans, whoever, Sheffield United fans. We all feel like the refereeing isn't good enough and we're sick to death of it. So I hope they start listening. Do you watch the Rugby World Cup? Um, little bits and pieces. I did see that Fiji beat Australia earlier on. Wow, what a result that is for Fiji. Football is the best said I love you, Craig. Thank you, mate. Much love right back to you. Think Pickford will get a 100k fine. So what Neville is, is speaking about there is there's a very clear video that's doing the rounds of Jordan Pickford uh, mouthing abusive language to the officials. I think it was to the linesman, if I'm not mistaken. And I think one of the Liverpool fans on, on X, formerly Twitter, said at PGMOL or at Premier League, at FA... You know, are we expecting a hundred grand fine here and a ban? And I agree. You know, what's good for the goose has to be good for the gander. So if Verz gets an extra game ban for it and a hundred grand fine, why should Jordan Pickford be, or anybody, I'm not picking on Pickford because he's an Everton player, but why should Pickford or anybody else get away with it? You know, you either enforce the rule right across the board or you don't. And there is empirical evidence of what Jordan Pickford said. So, let's wait and see. I wouldn't be hopeful, but let's wait and see. Joe McDougall said, Getting the points on the board when you're not 100% is how titles get won. More than that, it's how memories are made. You're a sexy man, Craig. You had me up within the last part, Joe. I disagree with you on the last part. But every other word you've written there, sir... I'm fully in agreement of. Not, like When you look back on a season, Joe, it is these moments, isn't it? These little ground-out results or the momentum that that victory over Newcastle gave us. But more than that, how can you quantify the feeling, the... I don't want to say vibes, but I don't know any better phrase than what Darwin did. The lift that that gave us as fans, the lift that that gave the players, and of course the belief that that little cameo of two goals gave to Darwin Nunes is, it's unquantifiable. So yeah, nothing wrong with winning the ugly ones, but these little swings of momentum I think will help us out. And to come back from the international break, grind out a 3-1 win after a horrendous first 45 minutes, you can't but be happy about that. And fair play to the gaffer. I thought the changes that he made were... Were, well, they were game changers, quite frankly. To see Lucho come on, it gave Wolves something else to think about. He had into that the options Darwin gave us up front, you know, making defenders run, cover out of, or excuse me, cover him and run out of position and open up spaces for others to attack, dropping Jones and Soboslai a bit deeper. And by the way, can we just take a minute to say how damn good Dominic Soboslai is? Because... I'm going to keep reminding you of the smart asses that were trying to tell us as Liverpool fans that we spent 70 million euro on a squad player from Leipzig. Even yesterday, 15 minutes into the game during the watch along, there was people in the chat going, Sob, it's like, yeah, 
Sober is pretty damn good. And if you don't see it, you're being willfully ignorant. My God, what a player. 22 years of age. And he's everything. He's got all the assets that we need. And um, still buzzing that he's a Liverpool player. Uh, Chris gifted 10 memberships as well. Chris, that is so kind of you do. Thank you so much. They've gone to Ryan, to Alex Brooks, to Granny Dwarf, to Baz Bowden, to Zetaz, to uh, Aryan Hussein, to Nimoy Pramanic, to uh, Abaz Khan, to Saeed, and to Ushin. Legend, thank you so much, mate. That's really kind of you. Craig, Tottenham have been good, but they've been playing relegation teams, and when they play a top team, we will see... Yeah, well, we don't have too long to wait. I mean, we're up against Spurs. Um, I think it's the sixth game away from now. Away at the London City. Well, no, what's the stadium called? The Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, sorry. Yeah, it's look, it's going to be a belter game. And if we can win that game, I think it'll send a statement. And I'm looking forward to the game away against Brighton at the Amex as well, because Brighton are no flash in the pan. I mean, people were writing yesterday about the fact United got beaten by Brighton, but... Let's be honest, were we really surprised to see Brighton beat United? They're a better team than United. And I don't think I'm being disingenuous saying that. They're a very, very good team, Brighton. And um, if you look into the players that they lost as well and how well they've recruited, they're going to be in and around the European places, I think, again this season. Dom is on fire, said uh, Tomello. Dylan said, Dom is a natural talent. We've played Newcastle and Chelsea with 10 men, said Barry Kellett. Yep, we have indeed. Um, look, some difficult games done this season. We've played Newcastle away, got the victory. Chelsea away, yes, it was a draw. But, you know, most seasons you take a draw away against Stamford Bri- or at Stamford Bridge. And we beat Aston Villa at home. So some decent games out of the way already and... As I said, we're, what, 13 points from 15, joint second in the Premier League. We're behind Spurs and goal difference, ahead of Arsenal and goal difference, and I think is Brighton there or thereabouts as well. Do you think that we'd let Salah go in January? If so, who could we replace him with? No, I don't think Salah will go in January, and I don't know if the push will be as big from the Saudi league in January. One of the reasons they wanted Salah at had in the summer window was because of the Club World Cup that was taking place or is going to take place in Saudi in December. So I don't think that... I mean, I don't want to say never say never, but I don't expect them to come in. I think the message from Liverpool will be the same. We've no interest in talking about Mohamed Salah moving on until, well, I suppose at the earliest next summer. What do you think of winner of the KSI Tommy Fury fight? Tommy Fury? I mean, I've said this before. I have a lot of respect for KSI in many, many, many facets. And, you know, what he's done with his life's incredible. The inspiration he is to other young people, incredible. But he's not a very good boxer. And Tommy Fury should have too much for him. And this isn't a real, like, crossover fight again. This isn't... Tommy Fury should be putting these lads to bed. You know, he's had enough boxing experience in his life. He comes from a proper boxing family. And I think Jake Paul's a better boxer than KSI. And Tommy Fury beat Jake Paul fairly convincingly in my eyes. So, um, all I wish both of them is is health when they get out of the ring. That's it. 
whatever happens happens i wish them both good health and nothing else you know let, let them let them out anyone who steps in a ring has balls so fair play to both of them and i wish them both nothing but luck right thoughts on how brighton have scored more goals this season than city I mean, City have more points on the board, so I don't know if it really matters, to be fair. Um, if you're going to ask me which position I'd prefer to be in, sitting here with 13 points like we do, or 15 points, I take the 15 points. Brighton play lovely football, brilliant to watch, said Paul. Yeah, they do. And the Zerbi is is a very, very good coach. So, Mark's just sent me a stat that he's seen this morning. Thank you for that, Mark. said, in the first five games of the 2022-23 season, Hendercrit contested 16 duels. In the same number of games this season, Dom has contested 55 duels. So, I love that. I love that as a stat. Um, he just has a bit of it all. He really does. Craig versus Simple Simon. Two things on that. One, it wouldn't last 12 seconds for various reasons, but most because he just jumps on the ground and gives up. We've seen it, you know, you've seen it yourself. Fighting for family pride and he was he took a dive and like, nobody will ever tell me otherwise. I don't know the man, I don't want to know the man, I don't know nothing about him, but he took a dive. Uh, Cardiff City or Swansea City? Neither. <laughs> um, don't really have a horse in that race. Thank you for the super chat though. LFC fan 66. This chat is amazing, said Chris. 99.9% .9 good people here. Yeah, they're really good people, mate. And that's why it's such a pleasure to come on every day and chat with them. It's, uh, it's good people who look out for each other. Don't mind a bit of ribbon, a bit of banter occasionally, but you know, there's no vindictive arseholes in the chat, and I appreciate that a lot. Dom looks hungry. The man's got energy for days, said Nemo. Yes, he does. He's um he he's it, I don't want to say this too early because I don't want to get overly carried away, but he will be in the mix for signing of the season when we're having this conversation at the end of the season when football fans or pundits or whatever are debating things yeah oh by the way can we all just take a minute to have a little laugh at gary neville once again it's all the glazers fault it doesn't matter that 10 hags out of his death it doesn't matter that their recruitment has been horrendous it doesn't matter that the players are disappearing for various different reasons it's all on the glazers so, were the Glazers responsible at the end when Fergie was winning a title and they were the owners? Was that down to the Glazers? I wish sometimes a bit of realism would come in. Yes, Gary, we all agree the Glazers are not great owners. The Glazers have made a lot of mistakes and will continue to make them at United. But again, managers are being given a lot of money. A lot of money. Ten Hag again this summer spent a fair chunk and have they really improved too much? Mason Mount, I mean, to be confirmed, I guess, when he's fit. Uh, Onana is average, maybe a little bit above average. Uh, Hoyland is unproven, but looks like he's got something about him. Um, Sophie and Amrabat, 
they signed on loan and the way Sky was going on, you think they just signed a peak Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I think a bit of realism needs to set in. The culture at the club is not great. There's too much player power. There's too much divide. There's too much bullshit and drama. Too many players run into Piers Morgan or other outlets for interviews. So I think what Ten Hag has tried to do is the right thing. I just don't think his coaching is up to the levels that many people projected when he came in. I think the way he handled player power, it's admirable to some extent. But how do you come back from being beaten 7-0 by us? Like, I tried to put myself in their shoes and think, what if Liverpool's manager, what if Klopp lost 7-0 to United and continued to have iffy results? I, I don't know. And like Klopp's got loads of credit in the bank, you know, but 7-0 to us after a five-goal whooping as well. It's... Sometimes I think the delusion is real. I, I do like it. When United sign somebody, they're obviously straight away the best player in the world, the best manager, and everyone's the best everything. And then when it goes wrong, it's the Glazers' fault. Got to, some realm of reality has to kick in. Like it's it's a collective failure, but Ten Hag is one of them failures at the minute. Sith said fourth donation for me this week. Great person you are. Thank you, buddy. Really appreciate your your super chat. Um, Queen Adra said, if you were a footballer, what position would you play? Uh, I played as a goalkeeper, Queen Adra. That was my position. Um, wouldn't have ever been tall enough to make it as a professional. I think, you know, I'm five foot ten. I think there's been a couple of keepers around my height, but these days they're, well, as well as being immensely more talented than I was, they're uh, a lot bigger. Uh, Avicii UK said honestly my favourite thing about this season has been the massive improvement in Klopp's game managing perfect subs at the perfect times that's a good point <clears throat> and Jurgen Klopp said something in his post-match interview yesterday that I really agreed with and I was really happy he said it he said basically they had to guess about who was going to be fit and available or ready for the game against Wolves because they didn't really have enough time with some of these guys, the likes of McAllister or um, I guess Allison to some extent, Diaz and Darwin. So he kind of had to guess at who might be okay. But at least he made the change at half time. You know, it's no slight on Alexis McAllister to say he was terrible yesterday. It's not a reflection of Alexis McAllister. We know he's a very good, very tidy, very complete footballer. But he's also human. And. Playing away in the qualifiers up at such an altitude was going to take its toll. So I was proud that the manager acknowledged what we all probably felt at the time, made the changes, tweaked the system a little bit as well, because to see Joe Gomez try to do what Trent did in the first half was very disconcerting. I was like, what's going on? Like, he can't do it. He's not Trent. Even Trent, we have you know reservations around certain things, but... At least the second half, he just said to him, just stay on the right-hand side. He dropped Jones and Sobosly a little bit deeper to turn them into kind of quarterback playmakers. And with the runs that we were getting from Diaz drifting in and out and Darwin as well, just gave Wolves something else to think about. And as soon as we scored the equaliser, I don't think any of us doubted what was going to happen. I think we all knew we were going to go on and win that game. 
Caicedo and Lavia can both cry with their injuries together. Dom is better than both, said Ellis Moore. So nobody will ever, ever tell me otherwise than those two went to Chelsea for the money. And I don't care. I, I don't care if there is 50,000 pictures of Caicedo in a pair of Frankie Lampard pyjamas or in his Didier Drogba romper suit when he was growing up. I don't care. Liverpool Football Club is a better club. Liverpool Football Club should be a more attractive club than Chelsea. So let them go there, get well paid, but be miserable. And I'll enjoy watching our boys do what we do. But nobody's ever going to convince me that it was anything other than money, the reasons they made that decision. Because, especially with regards to Lavia, like this nonsense that came out about Lavia feeling second best at Liverpool. Fuck off! You know, he's got Caicedo ahead of him. He's got Enzo there. There's like probably another five midfielders I can think of that are probably going to keep him out of the team. And he was afraid to come into Liverpool and battle with what? A 30-year-old Japan international and an 18-year-old kid from Spain? He felt like second best. I mean, the nonsense that we get told to swallow sometimes in the media is just fucking hilarious. Uh, On the flip side, Craig, on a serious point... Don't you think it's a bit naive for Klopp to start Alexis after his duties? I said all of that just a moment ago, buddy. Yes. Um, Like, it shouldn't have been a surprise that Alexis struggled. So, I'm in agreement with you. I thought after Endo only playing a couple of games in Europe and not having to really travel too far with Japan, I think they played Germany and Turkey. Yeah, I, I thought this is going to be the one for Endo to start. Now, look, I did my own predictions and I had McAllister in the team because I thought that's what Klopp was going to do and he did. But I wouldn't have done it. Do I play FPL? I do indeed, Mohammed, just not very well. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally a mid-table merchant every single season. Now, shout out to Ryan. I think he said he's up to six or something in our FPL. I'm like 200 and something in our FPL, mate. So, yeah, I do play it, but just not very well. Fatty to Brighton is genius. I know, Sean, I couldn't believe it when I seen that. Um, and he came on yesterday. I'm sure you've seen it yourself. Probably should have had a goal. It was actually a very good save by Onana. But um, yeah, that's, that, that could be brilliant for them. Like adding Ansu Fadi in. Then you've got Evan Ferguson, Joe Pedro, um, Matoma. Like they're not short of attacking options. I'm second in your FPL, said Faran. Wow. Fair play. Um, yeah, fair play, man. I, I'm just so... I'm so pig-headed with FPL, you know. I just... I refuse to change things. Right, my friends, don't forget, if you are new to the channel, by the way, you're very welcome to be with us. I hope you're enjoying the stream. Please do hit that subscribe button. Drop a like on the video as well. And if you are a member, good news, we have uploaded the tactical review of yesterday's game. So you will see that under the membership tab. Right, so Ryan in our Discord has sent in a stat. I love this, by the way. And I love now that my chief moderator not only does amazing work helping us moderate. Not only is a conduit between me and the chat, not only is a damn good lad, but our Discord is now getting involved in the streams, giving me news stories to talk about. And it really just makes this feel like even more of a family team effort. So well in Ryan, well in Mark, and well in anybody else that's sending in some stats and stuff for us to discuss. 
He said, uh, one year into Brighton's managerial run, 23 wins, 9 draws, 12 losses and 44 official games. Europa League for the first time in the club's history, 62% possession average, dominating games, 8 wins in 15 total games against the Big Six, scored more than 3 goals in 18 games, most Premier League goals by teenagers since he joined. It is incredible the job De Zerbi is doing there. And... You know, we all gave Graham Potter a lot of credit when he was there, and rightly so. But De Zerbi has, has come in and pushed the team on even more. Who should take penalties, Maka, Sobotsloy or Salah? Let's put that to a vote. Yeah, let's put that to a vote, Queen Nadra, because I think it's the, it's the fairest way for us to answer it. So let me get a, a poll open. One second. And thank you for your super chat, as always, my friend. Right, let me just get this up here. Was there another one? Yeah, it was just three you put there. Cool. Right, Paul's gone up. Who should take our penalties? Salah, Dom, or McAllister? Uh, thank you, Queen Nadra, for the question, but it's over to you guys to decide. Uh, Carbal Zeden, excuse me if I've mispronounced that, or Charbal Zeden. Welcome to Anfield Agenda FC, my friend. Great to have you with us. Uh, congratulations Craig hope everything works out well for you I believe Anfield Agenda will always be a good listen thank you Barry appreciate you um, yeah look the last few months mate have just been more than I could have hoped for more than our team could have hoped for and you know our job is to continue to try and make sure that you guys enjoy what we do feel at home here in the chat and that's what we're going to try to continue to do Sean Luke Doherty O'Brien said hey Craig did you find the leaving cert stressful I did, but not for the reasons you're probably finding it stressful, mate. Yes, the stress of trying to remember things. Because that's what the Leaving Cert is. It's basically a memory exam. It doesn't really measure your intellect. It's basically what you can remember. But unfortunately for me, mate, when I was doing my mocks, my mum was in a coma. Um, she'd taken an overdose. And I don't know if I've ever spoken about this on the channel and I probably never was going to, but you brought up the leaving cert, so I guess I'll give you a little insight. Um, around Christmas time, the year of my leaving cert, my mum took an overdose of paracetamol. It was probably a third or fourth attempted suicide. But the problem with taking paracetamol is you think of it as a fairly straightforward over-the-counter painkiller, but they're very, very, very dangerous. And when she took the paracetamol, she was in St. Colm Kills Hospital in Lachlanstown at the time. And the doctor said to us, the next 24 hours is going to be critical. And I was a bit confused because, you know, I'm thinking it's paracetamol. We buy them over the counter. And I was a 16, 17 year old kid. But he explained to me that they can really, really, really destroy your liver and fill it full of toxins very quickly. And he, Right on cue, in the next 24 hours, my mum deteriorated rapidly and was moved to St. Vincent's Hospital. Um, and in there, she was going to be put into a medically induced coma. And we were called in and we were given time to say goodbye to her, myself and my dad. And and then they put her to sleep in a coma. And um, 
And then it got to a point where she wasn't showing any signs of improvement. And it was New Year's Day or the second, one or the other. And we were ringing up every few hours to check blood tests because the blood test results were coming back. And, you know, you were seeing, is she going to make an improvement or is she not? And this was going to be the, the last set of bloods they were going to do before they'd given up. And I rang up and we were told that there was a delay because something had happened. And I think maybe somebody is going through a operations or something like that. But there was a delay in the hospital. So it was delayed by about four hours. And then the next set of bloods were taken. And we were told the next day that there was a very slight improvement. And we were told not to get our hopes up because it could be just a false positive. Or I don't know what other phrase to use. But eventually, mate, she did come back around um, and came out of it, survived it and came out of it. And I felt like the luckiest person in the world, you know, um, as did my dad. So when she recovered, you obviously want to get to the reason of why. And unfortunately, we found out that she was sexually abused when she was younger and she'd been holding it back all these years. So yeah, it was stressful um, and it carried on and the attempts of suicide carried on uh, through my leaving cert. I didn't get to go to college. Yeah, it was tough, man. And eventually my mum ended up down the line taking her own life. But So I had a different type of stress, dude. Um, so I would just say keep everything in perspective with your leaving cert. I mean, don't let it get to you too much. It's an exam. It doesn't characterize who you are and your future is going to be determined by you and by nobody else so you be you my man and and again sorry for bringing up the story i know it's a negative one uh it's just the, the on, most honest way i could answer his question because i know i know what he's going through my own daughter has done her leaving certificate you know she's she's gone on to university um so uh, just keep it in perspective, dude. What I'll say to you with the leaving cert is, even if you don't get the results you want, there's always a way to get to where you want to get to. So if you wanted to be a doctor or a solicitor or whatever it is your heart desires, you might have to go a longer way around it. You might have to do a couple of steps in a different direction to get there. But if you're determined enough, there'll be a way for you to get where you want to be. I'm sure your parents have had a similar conversation with you. But yeah, don't let it get to you, man. You know, it doesn't measure who you are as a person. Uh, Joe said, could tell it was tough for you to talk about that. Someday I'll talk about all of this stuff on a podcast or something someday, you know, and give you the full picture of how I ended up here and the person that I am as well, because it's really important that part. Because without all this other stuff, I don't think I would be the person I am now. But, you know, to put a positive spin on this, I'm proud of who I am now. I'm proud of wh wh what I'm doing and my family and, you know, who I've become. So, basically, I was just trying to say to Sean Luke Doherty that there's always a path. There's always a way. Just, just as Mo said, never give up with his T-shirt. And that's the best way I can put it. Um, sorry, I just want to check in. So, Mo, let's give Mo a bit of love for a minute. He's amazingly now had 
200 Premier League goal involvements. And I know I definitely at times take Mo for granted about how brilliant he is. Um, and just to see there, like the image of, of Mo with the 200 goal involvements. I mean, we are witnessing something truly special with, with, with Mo. And it's been a pleasure to get to see him do his thing. Um, so here's the 200 more, hopefully. Although, probably not 200 more. But here's to a few more records to be tumbled from O before his Liverpool career finishes. Uh, Kiri said, no one deserves success more than you. It is what it is, you know. <laughs> I'm a bit blasé about it because you can't change your past. It is what it is. You can only, you know be you and just keep plowing ahead and giving up wasn't an option for me i have two kids i have a wife it was never an option and i was never going to give up so i'm you know that's why i keep saying to you guys thank you for this thank you for giving me this platform this opportunity and for not judging me because i will be up i will be down there'll be days where i'm a bit cranky there'll be days where i'm flying but the impact you guys have had on our lives have been amazing um never forget when eric ten hag said dynasties come to an end that 7-0 scoreline lives rent free in his head i i i said this earlier on i i can't think of how i would feel if we were beaten 7-0 by manchester united it would hurt like it would to be even with everything klopp has achieved if we lost 7-0 in that manner to Manchester United, I don't know, that would be a tough one to swallow. And um, where do you guys rate Ten Hag at this point? Do you think he'll see out the season? Do you think, like Gary Neville said, everything to do with Manchester United that's wrong is is because of the Glazers? Or do you think that there's a collective failure with the club right through from the top all the way down. Uh, Rachel Todd said, I lost my mum to COVID only three years ago. I'm so sorry about that, Rachel. Um, that must have been so hard. Uh, I was very fortunate around COVID. Nobody I've known um, lost their life or was seriously ill with it. I, have, you know, My wife got COVID, my daughter got COVID, my son got COVID, but they were all relatively symptom free um, so I'm so sorry to hear about your mum we want Ten Hag to stay said Queen Nadra I want him to go but not for the reasons everybody else wants him to go I want him to go because of the damage he's doing to Baldies. I look at Eric Ten Hag's head and I think mate you're doing the rest of us Baldies a disservice with your very ugly bald head and I don't mean he's ugly. I mean his head is ugly. It doesn't suit it. It's a weird shape. So I'm going to ask that he wears a hat from now on. Um, because he's doing the rest of us handsome baldies. A, a big disservice. I think Man United's main problem is hiring the wrong managers. Which is the owner's fault. Says casual citizen. But the poor performances is not because of a lack of investment. It's a mix of players for different systems. Um, well, it can't always be the owner's fault, right? As you've said, 
Like Mourinho has to take some criticism. Ten Hag has to take some criticism. And even last season when United finished, where did they finish? Third? Um, they were never really near winning the league. Like the only reason they finished that high was, you know, because of the collective failures of us, Chelsea. And it was just one of them seasons where other teams underperformed rather than United going out there and overperforming. Like I never believed the United were back or would be near a title challenge this season. Can you give a shout out to Liz and all the other nurses in the RLI who looked after me after my surgery? Absolutely. Absolutely. I know the great work that medical staff, nurses, um, even porters, everybody in the hospital do. So much love to all of them. Thirty-year title drought incoming. I think they're going to go through a long way for a Premier League title. Like, sorry, one sec. Sorry, guys. One sec. Liverpool have 80 million on the side for Gonzalo and Ascio. That's bullshit. I'm sorry, but that has to be bullshit. If we wanted Gonzalo and Ascio... 45 million euro would have got the job done this season. And we didn't sign him. And he signed a new contract at Sporting for 60 million euro. So why would anyone need to put 80 million on the table when 60 million euro buys him out of his contract and stops anybody being able to stop it? So I would suggest whoever has posted that is very, very wrong. Really hoping to see Bacetic in the central defensive midfield position soon, said Whitehammer. Yeah, I wonder if we'll see a start from on Thursday um, in the Europa League away against Las Glintz. It's a 5.45 kickoff, by the way, so just a heads up for that one on Thursday. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how many opportunities he gets this season when we don't have the injury crisis that we had last year. You would expect them to get a fair amount because what he did last season deserves the opportunities. Craig, what did you make of people saying Chelsea are a project? Uh, surely if you spend a billion, you should be looking to win right now, not for the future. Well, even if we take that, Luke, at face value and say that Chelsea are a project, do any of us believe that they're going to be patient with it? Because I don't. Nothing about Todd Bowley's ownership of Chelsea so far has screamed patience. You know, when he brought in Potter... He was going to be patient until he wasn't and he sacked them. Now they've gone out and brought in a billion quid's worth of players. Many of them young players signed to six, seven, eight, nine year contracts. And the thought process is 
that they are building a squad that will be together for the next six, seven years, that will grow together, that will bond together, that will, you know, be a force to be reckoned with. Problem is, again, I don't see Bowley not making more signings over the next few windows. And at some point, somebody somewhere is going to have to grow a pair and say, how is he spending this money? How can a club that hasn't made a profit in 20 years spend a billion quid on transfers? Somebody's going to have to look after the game at some point. Um, so I don't believe that he's going to have the patience. I don't believe that he won't dip back into the market. And there's only so many Saudi clubs that are going to be willing to take the flops off his hands. And um, I'm going to stop there before I talk myself into more trouble. Why do you live stream so much? I don't know what you mean. I don't think I live stream so much. I live stream once a day, six days a week. Isn't that what most other channels do? I don't know because I don't watch many of them, but um, I do it for consistency. I do it for growing the channel. I do it for interaction with the people in the chat. I do it for all the reasons you probably expect I do it. I mean, if you think I, I stream a bit too much, then don't watch if, if you think it's too much for you. Or, you know, the shorter videos, if you want to go along that route, there'll be an eight-minute news video later on. Um, I, I enjoy it, I guess, is the short answer. Uh, who's responsible for Brighton's recruitment? I don't know the answer to that. Is this the honest answer? Um, I do think that the guy that owns Brighton made his money from like spread betting or something like that, making his money from algorithms that gave a slight edge in betting. Or you know, I could be wrong on that, but I think something like like that. But I don't know who does the recruitment. Uh, and because we want you to, said Robert. No, look, it was a fair question. I mean, it's a it's a sincere question, so I've no problem answering stuff like that. He wasn't being aggressive or anything with the question. It's an honest question. Um, I probably do stream a bit longer when I stream than some of the other fan channels when I'm doing a new show, but it's because a lot of the time, time gets away from me and I just look down and go, shit, how have we been on here an hour already? Uh, what age do you think VVD is going to leave Liverpool and where would he go to? So, I think he probably has three years left at the top. I think he could probably go to about 35. But, the difficult question is at what point does he stop becoming an automatic starter for Liverpool? And I think we'll only really get the answer to that question when... We either bring in a centre-back to challenge him or we see enough of Gerald Kwanzaa, who's 20 at the moment, to think that that's his actual competitor. So I don't like anybody playing off or being chosen because of past glories. Van Dijk has to be playing because he deserves to be playing. So I guess whenever we feel like he's not putting in the performances, we have that conversation. City seem there for the taking this season. Do you think we can challenge them? Said Callum Spence. 
Yes, absolutely. It feels weird, Callum, right? Me and you sitting here saying they're there for the taking when they've had five wins from five in the Premier League. But I do understand where you're coming from. They don't look the same team to me. You know, they're not going to have that influence of De Bruyne at the same level, I don't think, moving forward. I think injuries will catch up with them a bit. Age will catch up with them a bit. And they will go through their own bit of transition. Now, they've made some good signings. As you said, five wins from five. You know, you can't really critique that. But I do think they're not the best City side that we've seen in the Premier League era. But most importantly, and I can't stress this enough, when are we going to get the resolution to the 115 goddamn charges? Because every week, every month, every season that goes by where they're collecting trophies is another season where if they're found guilty, somebody else has been robbed of it. And I can't come to peace with that. Four or five years now is bullshit. It's nonsense. And I don't want to hear that they're breaking even now or, you know, they're self-sufficient now because it's how they got to now that's the important part. And how they got to now is the reason for their success. So I just hope we eventually get a resolution. And if they are found guilty, honestly... I want the book thrown at them. I want the maximum punishment because it's two fingers to everybody else. We do what we want kind of vibes. And it shouldn't be a we have better lawyers than you type situation. So I hope that we get a resolution and then we can judge it on its merits. If they're found not guilty on all the charges, then we say... Fair play. They've just been dominant. If they are found guilty, though, how many moments have they robbed? How many trophies have been robbed from other fans? That time can't be gotten back. Those season tickets other fans spent can't be gotten back. Those finals other fans went to where they lost out can't be gotten back. And for it to take this long... It's it's not a good look at all for the sport. It's just dragging out and out and out. Vlad upgraded his membership to Anfield Gender Ultras. Thank you, mate. Uh, what did you make of Gomez yesterday? I thought he was shit first half, but quality second half. Uh, I pretty much agree with what you've said. Once he was told to stay in the right back position in the second half and, you know, hug that touchline a bit more, yeah. Looked a lot more solid than when he was drifting in field. He, and we were just being picked off by Neto down that left side over and over and over again. Uh, change guidance said, well said Craig. Guidance counselor myself, there's lots of pathways. There are, definitely are. I, I, I've had these conversations with my own daughter who's 19 years of age and nothing defines you. And nor, by the way, should I think anybody should know what they want to do with the rest of their lives at 17, 18, 19 years of age. Life's a continuous journey and you're continuously learning, picking up knowledge and interests. So, yeah, I'm sure that you're doing fantastic work as a guidance counsellor. And it is good that our young generation now know that there are other ways to get there. It might take a bit longer, but, you know, just keep doing the right things and you won't go too far wrong. 
what have we got? Craig, as much as I hated Kada, we mustn't forget the masterclass at the Theatre of Nightmares. Uh, no, sorry, I don't even want to talk about Kada anymore. Let's just talk about our new number eight and Dominic Soboslai and what a what a talent he is. So, a bit of a comment from Stuttgart on Liverpool signing of Endo. Um, Stuttgart sporting director has said, Watoro is a player that we actually didn't want to let go. We didn't have Liverpool on our list as an interested party. We were informed by the players' advisors about the interest a few hours before the offer was received. Watoro himself really wanted to take this step regardless of our offer to extend because the facts were on the table. He had no choice but to agree with George Schmatke in the end. Um, we had no choice, excuse me, but to agree with George Schmatke in the end. We came to an agreement relatively quickly. Um, so you can really see that he was thought of very, very highly at Stuttgart. He was the captain, of course. And it is just one of those moves, isn't it, where you kind of just have to feel for Stuttgart, obviously, but... It is a huge step in the lad's career and he always wanted to come play in the Premier League and if a club like Liverpool comes a call and then, you know, fair play to Stuttgart for letting him follow his dream and and to go come try prove himself and, and here's hoping that Endo does exactly that. Uh, Colin said, at my college, playing in my co-ed football league, maybe I can get a 12-year, 1 million contract from Bowley. Had a brace and an assist. You're going to want me, you're going to coach me. Me? I, I often wonder what I'd be like as a manager, mate. Would I be strict or would I be an arm around the shoulder type of person? Please sign Hincapia. I hope so as well. Yes, I do. So there's been a few stories around this week around Piero Hincapia and some have gone as far as to say they think that there is pretty much a deal in place for Liverpool to sign him uh, next summer. So... I think £48 million was the, the number i seen in the last one. Do you think Newcastle will survive Group F in the Champions League? So this is actually a really handy way for me to plug top of the league. I did put up a Champions League, well, two lots of Champions League predictions actually. Videos went up on top of the league over the last 24 hours. The first one, I went through every group and said who I think would win it, who will come second, who will drop into the Europa League and who will come out altogether. And weirdly, when I got to Newcastle's group and I started to look into Dortmund's start of the season, I looked into AC Milan, of course, PSG, I came to the conclusion that I think Newcastle will come second in the group. And the reason I came to that conclusion is because I don't think that they're the best versions of the other teams that we've seen in the Champions League era. I think Newcastle at home, under the lights of St. James's Park, will be very, very, very difficult place for anybody to go. And I can see them getting out of that group in second place. And when the draw was made, initially, never would have said that. Never would have thought it. But when I looked into it a bit more, that's the conclusion I came to. So if you want to check that out, or tonight's video around the situation with Poch and Chelsea, or we have a video asking what's going on at Manchester United, Again, scan that QR code in the bottom corner or just go down into the description of this stream and you'll see a link to top of the league. Right, we've asked you guys at the start of the stream who should take penalties? Mohamed Salah, Dominic Soboslai or Alexis McAllister? And so far, 56% of you guys think um, 
Dominic Soboslai should be taking penalties. 31% think Mohamed Salah and 14% think uh, Alexis. So, I agree. I've never been overly confident of Mo taking penalties. And if I'm right, I think he's missed three of his last six. And he scored the rebound on his last one. But when you've had people like James Milner who've been almost perfect on penalties, I would agree. I'd go for a sub like personally. I'd like to see TOTL get 100k by Christmas, said Tony Shallow. Mate, I'd love it because I, I, I'd love to get that second YouTube silver play button. One, obviously, the first one would go to Drawdy because it's his brand. So he'd be the first one to get the YouTube silver play button. But you're allowed to get a second one. So um, much like Anfield Agenda, when we got the YouTube silver play button, I gave Connor the original one because I felt like it was his idea to come to YouTube. And it was only fair he got the original plaque. So I got a second one. And it would be the same at top of the league. But I won't lie. I want to prove it wasn't a fluke the first time round. To myself more than anything. So yeah. I don't know if we'll get there that quick. I don't think we will. But if we can get the channel above 100k and move in that direction. It'd certainly be, uh, certainly be um, amazing. So yeah. Please do subscribe and share. Tell your friends about it. First watch along is going to be coming up on Wednesday. Um, same people that are involved in Anfield Agenda. Have moved into top of the league to do that as well. Myself, Drawdy and uh, Connor. All involved in it. So yeah, your support would be much appreciated. Craig, I still feel guilty about the fact that before Ten Hag went to United, I want him to be the next manager after Klopp for us. Yeah, I was never in that camp. Um, I would have been in the... Deserby, Alonso... I probably put Nagelsmann in the conversation, if I'm being honest. Uh, but... I also don't like thinking about post-Klopp because, you know, we love Klopp. Drawdy, as in the United Stand, Drawdy. Yes, Jermaine. He left the United Stand. Actually, I don't know when he left the United Stand because we only start talking about this stuff after he left, but I can't remember the exact time he left. But yes, that one. Um, yeah. We're... Uh, we're a triple, a trio, a, a team. Myself, Drawdy or Ben, whichever one you want to call, and of course Connor. How do I join the Discord? So if you're an Anfield Agenda Ultras member, Vlad, and I think you are, if my memory is correct, you go to the um, community tab, I think it is, of the YouTube channel, or the membership tab, and you will see the link there. You might have to refresh now because I think you upgraded your membership tonight. And you'll see the link there. And if you've any issues with it, mate, just let us know and we'll, we'll sort it for you. That's great. Hope he succeeds here, said Jermaine. Um, yeah, look, you hope everybody succeeds that works with you. And, you know, what I'll say is, you know, it's not for me to speak about somebody else at other channels or their other work. But, you know, so far it's been um, a pleasure working with Ben and learning from Ben and you know, here's to a bright future for all of us. That's what we're in this for, you know, to improve our families' lives, to hopefully make some cool memories over the years. 
Thoughts on Kubo from Sociedad. Up and down. So I've watched him since he was on loan at Mallorca and stuff. And there's definitely a lot to like about him. But I'm not sure about is the consistency there yet. Now, I will say to you that I haven't watched as much of Sociedad as I would have liked. Uh, Craig, honestly, why do you think out of the top six Chelsea fans hate us the most? They seem really toxic towards us. I find it strange. Oh, this could get me in trouble, dude. So I've been to a few Liverpool-Chelsea games at Anfield. And I don't like their fans very much. I don't. And you can't stereotype all fans, of course. But I've seen really shitty behaviour. Like waving fivers and tenors around like Scousers haven't seen money real undermining we're richer than you kind of bullshit arrogance and i don't know if it's a north south thing see i might miss out on a few intricacies obviously because i'm irish and i don't live in england i don't have this london versus everybody else divide but i think very different people the sets of fans to say the least Peter Kavanagh upgraded his membership to Anfield Agenda Ultras. Thank you, Peter. Appreciate that. May hope to see it in the Discord group soon. But what do you guys think there's such toxicity between Chelsea fans and Liverpool fans? You know, does it go back to the Mourinho days? Is it something that preempts that, maybe? Um, they'd be up there with the group of fans that I don't like very much in the Premier League, to be honest with you. Now... I know some sound Chelsea fans as well. Some really, really lovely people. But, yeah. If I'm thinking of top three sets of fans I don't really have much time for, Chelsea probably up there. Who would you start in goal on Thursday? 100% Cuevin Kelleher. I hope Cuevin Kelleher gets the Europa League and one of the domestic cups because... He stayed this season at Liverpool and I think he deserves some minutes, some game time. Um, so I hope that that's the kind of balance that we've struck with Quivy, that he gets these opportunities. Uh, Gerard and Torres tapping up, said Thado. Condescending Gitz, said Otto. Um, the condescending part I kind of agree with, to be fair. Us always beating them. And uh, the cup double a few years ago. Said Taslim. Favourite rival fan base. Easy. United. <laughs> I, I, I'm being honest. Like. As much as I. Want and despise the club. More than any other club. I have to be honest and say. I normally find when I speak. With Manchester United fans. That when you get past the banter. And you get past the the you know who's going to win stuff i give a lot of stuff similar and i think to me personally manchester united fans have been really really supportive to me as a person you know the banter's there they want liverpool to be hammered i want united to be hammered but they've always shown me respect and being kind and that's the most i can hope for so i would say united fans would be the ones um other fans that I think are are have been decent. Um, I 
I get on with a good few Arsenal fans. Um, I think some of them are a little bit deluded at times, to be honest, but I don't think they're the worst bunch as much as they don't seem to like Liverpool very much. I've known some older Arsenal fans who have a lot of time for Liverpool who remember um, Anfield clapping that Arsenal team that won the first division title off the pitch after they beat us 2-0. So probably Arsenal would be the next one. Uh, Craig D says man loves us honestly Cameron I'll never like I'm not somebody that's two-faced or an arsehole I've said it all the time when I've had periods with my mental health where I've been low and bad I was inundated with with DMs with emails from the United fans saying keep your head up hope to see you back soon and that, that goes a long way, you know, because that's what you need in those situations. You don't need people sticking the boot in. So I'll always be hoping to pay that respect back as well as 7-0, because 7-0. Uh, how far do you think Brighton will get in the Europa League? It's a good question. And we don't really have much of a sample size to guess on, do we? You know, the quarters maybe depends if they win the group obviously they avoid the champions league team dropping out for the qualifying round so your goal in the europa league is to win your group same for us if you win the group and you avoid that playoff round against a champions league team they could go quarterfinals maybe but they're good enough why don't you like broccoli um I mean, I don't really dislike it as much as the joke where I was talking about it being arrogant and all, but I don't really... I, I find anything green tastes very weird outside of apples. You know, broccoli and... It, I, I don't know, there's just a taste to it that I find very off-putting and I don't like the little florets and the little flowery bits at the top of it I just find it all very weird how many times have you checked the car today seven um, you know I, I barely ever go out and about to drive the cars to be honest it's the, the missus that drives the car a lot of the time but uh, I check it every night before I'm going to bed and stuff don't you worry about that make sure it's alright we came up with a name for it earlier on Momo Morales. That's it. We give all our cars a name, by the way. And I'm not even joking. So when you go into Renault, you go in and you can name your car and stuff. So our other one was called Walter White because we had a white Renault Megane Estate before that. We had a black one before that. And I can't remember what we call that one. Well, the new one is all blacked out. So we thought he reminded us of kind of like the blacked out Spider-Man. And... We call cars Momos sometimes, so we went for Momo Morales as the name of the new car. Um, bit of a weird story, but there you go. Colcannon, not for me, Mark, but my missus loves it. Like, me and my wife couldn't be any different in our eating habits. She'd live as a vegetarian, eat salads all the time. Um, yeah, we're very different people, but maybe that's why it works. What car is it? It is a, um, it is a Renault Arcana, um, E Tech Hybrid. So it's the top, 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 top spec 
Renault Arcana, fully blacked out, blacked out Renault sign, um, E-Tech engineered wheels. It's gorgeous. I won't lie, it's fucking gorgeous. Uh, it's got black leather seats with gold stitching and stuff. Yeah, it's really, really, really far too good for a cretin like me. But um, uh, yeah. So it's Renault Arcana. Quick reminder, Adrian's not registered for the Europa League. Good. <laughs> good, good. Uh, are you passionate about anything besides football? Boxing and shrinkflation. Yeah. My missus is sick of me talking about shrinkflation. It's one of my big bugbears in life. I hate companies feeling like they can just pull the wool over our eyes on shit. So, yeah, boxing and shrinkflation. Everton loss. Yeah, but they could have got a draw with that game against Arsenal, to be fair. Everton. Um, yeah, Arsenal weren't great today, but they got the job done. And if you're an Arsenal fan, I suppose that's all that matters. Okay, so what's Platley? Explain that one to me, Craig Gatland. He said fair Platley. Did you mean fair play? Sorry. Because if you meant fair play, I totally get it. Shrinkflation is real. Oh, it definitely is real. Definitely. If you don't know what shrinkflation is, I'll try explain it. Have you noticed over the years that the bags of crisps have gotten smaller? That the tins of sweets of crisps have gotten smaller? That your favourite chocolate bar has gotten a bit smaller? The older you get, the more you notice these things. Because, of course, you know you have your childhood memories and stuff. So, companies basically get to a point where... They can only lessen the quality of ingredients so much. They can only keep putting the prices up so much that eventually they start shrinking the packets down and saving money by removing an Alp from a Toblerone or removing a few crisps out of a packet of crisps. And that's shrinkflation. And it's the devil's work. Because now you feel like an even bigger fat fuck because you're having two packets of crisps and... You're making yourself a crisp sandwich and all of a sudden one bag of crisps doesn't do the sambo. You're having to open a second bag. Especially when you buy the multi-pack ones. Because they're not even the size of the ones in the shop. AJ versus Wilder prediction. If Wilder connects, it's night-night, Wilder wins. But if AJ can outbox him... AJ can win. But I tell you what, it's a really interesting fight if it happens. When you buy a bag of crisps, you're buying a bag of air. I know, shocking. Do you think we will sell Salad in January? No, end of the season, I think. Um, maybe I'm being a bit more hopeful than anything else but I think end of the season Craig you're a great person just sometimes I don't really like when you swear maybe you can fix it no sorry I appreciate your comment I understand where you're coming from but no way am I ever changing my swearing it's 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 who I am I'm very defensive of swearing because I think what's more important is the content and the context of what somebody is saying rather than a swear word. Um, 
and I'm very stubborn on that. So I do respect where you're coming from, of course. Um, but I'm Irish. We love to swear. We swear to compliment people. I think the only other nation I could probably put on a par with us maybe the Australians. Um, I love to swear. I, it, it, genuinely, I love it. Have I seen Oppenheimer yet? No, I haven't. Um, but I do want to. Look, I'm going to go, my friends, because I've got to do a few other bits and pieces this evening. And uh, I want to spend a bit of time with the missus as well, of course. So, look, I appreciate you guys being in. Don't worry, there'll be a news video coming up in a while as well. But if you haven't gone across the top of the league, please do. We've got a couple of videos out today for you as well over there. First watch along will be on Wednesday, Bayern versus Manchester United. I will see you guys tomorrow, as always, half past eight, same time, same place. Thank you for your time this evening. Have a lovely